Chapter fifty five of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Minister of Finance. We have seen that the Queen, before receiving Andrea, was smiling over a note from Madame de Lamotte. She was, however, rendered serious by the interview with Mademoiselle de Tavernay. Scarcely had she gone when Madame de Misery came to announce Monsieur de Calon. He was a man of much intellect, but foreseeing that disaster was hanging over France, determined to think only of the present and enjoy it to the utmost. He was a courtier and a popular man. Monsieur de Necay had shown the impossibility of finding finances and called for reforms which would have struck at the estates of the nobility and the revenues of the clergy. He exposed his designs too openly and was overwhelmed by a torrent of opposition. To show the enemy your plan of attack is half to give them the victory. Calon, equally alive to the danger, but seeing no way of escape, gave way to it. He completely carried with him the king and queen, who implicitly believed in his system. And this is, perhaps, the only political fault which Louis the Sixteenth was guilty of toward posterity. Monsieur de Calon was handsome and had an ingratiating manner, he knew how to please a queen, and always arrived with a smile on his face when others might have worn a frown. The queen received him graciously and said, "'Have we any money, Monsieur de Calon?' "'Certainly, madame. We have always money.' "'You are perfectly marvellous,' replied she, "'an incomparable financier, for you seem always ready when we want money.' "'How much does your majesty require?' Explain to me first how you managed to find money when Monsieur Necay declared that there was none. Monsieur Necay was right, madame, for when I became minister on the 3rd of November, 1783, there were but 1,200 francs in the public treasury. Had Monsieur Necay, madame, instead of crying out, there is no money done as I have done, and borrowed one hundred million the first year, and one hundred and twenty-five million the second, and had he been as sure as I am of a new loan of eighty million for the third, he would have been a true financier. Everyone can say there is no money, but not that there is plenty. That is what I compliment you on, sir. But how to pay all this? oh madame be sure we shall pay it replied he with a strange smile well i trust to you said the queen i have now a project madame replied he bowing which will put twenty million into the pockets of the nation and seven million or eight million into your own they will be welcome but where are they to come from your majesty is aware that money is not of the same value in all the countries of europe certainly in spain gold is dearer than in france your majesty is perfectly right Gold in Spain has been for the last five or six years worth considerably more than in France. It results 
that the exporters gain on eight ounces of gold that they send from here about the value of fourteen ounces of silver that is a great deal well madame i mean to raise the price of gold one-fifth of this difference and where we have now thirty louis we shall then have thirty-two it is a brilliant idea cried the queen i believe it and am happy that it meets your majesty's approbation always have such and i'm sure you will soon pay our debts but allow me madame to return to what you want of me said the minister would it be possible to have a present i am afraid it is too much Colon smiled in an encouraging manner five hundred thousand francs continued the queen oh madame really your majesty frightened me i was afraid it was something great then you can assuredly without the king's knowledge oh madame that is impossible every month all my accounts are laid before the king however he does not always read them when can i have it what day does your majesty wish for it on the fifth of next month your majesty shall have it on the third thanks monsieur de colon my greatest happiness is to please your majesty and i beg you never will allow yourself to be embarrassed for want of money he rose the queen gave him her hand to kiss and then said after all this money causes me some remorse for it is for a caprice never mind some one will gain by it that is true you have a charming mode of consoling one oh madame if we had none of us more reasons for remorse than you we should all go straight to heaven but it will be cruel to make the poor people pay for my caprices have no scruples madame it is not the poor who will pay how so asked the queen in some surprise because madame they have nothing to pay with he bowed and retired End of chapter 55, recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.